Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-round wine communication, and tickets are on sale now. The first early bird discount will be available until August 22nd. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. Welcome to another episode of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations. Hello, everybody. My name is Stevie Kim, and we are here in Lugana today, a beautiful day. And we are here to learn a little bit about uh, this territory, which is called Lugana. Very, It's quite near uh, Verona. It's between Verona and I would say Milan. Is that correct? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah so Verona and Brescia. Verona and Brescia, even better. We are here today with Fabio Zanato. He is the newly elected neo-president of the consortium of Lugana. And we want to learn a few things about Lugana today. So, ciao Fabio. Ciao Stevie. Thank so, you. So, congratulations. Grazie, grazie. I don't know what that means. If, <laughs> if it's good or bad. It's you a have, mission. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's, a mission. it's a mission. So, would you mind telling us, uh, just kind of give a brief overview of what Lugana is, like in terms of territory, in terms of number of producers. Give us a little bit of the stats. Yes, of course. With pleasure. Yes. So thank you, first of all, for being with us and to discover this territory, right? A small territory, tiny territory. It's a territory made of uh, 2,500 hectares of vineyards. And uh, it represents the base of Lake Ghana. So we are crossing the border of Veneto and Lombardy. So we are here in Peschiera, Sirmione, Desenzano, Pozzolengo and Lonato. This is the five villages, the, the five villages that are in the land of Lugana. Is it more Verona or was it Brescia? In terms of surface, mm -hmm. Brescia is dominant, more than 80%. Wow, I didn't know that. Then when we move to bottles mm -hmm. and wine production, because of most, let's say, most of us as producers are owning land in Verona and in Brescia. Oh, okay. In terms of bottles, then there's much more balance in between Verona and Brescia. But in reality, what we love to say is it's one unique territory. It's Lugana. Because it's quite impossible to find one pure producer in one or the other of the side, let's say. And for us, the important is the base of Lake Gada, because the origin of this territory has to be found when this lake was a glacier that moved down a lot of clay where we are today. So this very, very important information create the base of the Appalachian. This grape is Turbiana, indigenous, growing in this clay soil. These two dominant characters. So how many uh, producers are there? In so fact? in 2,500 hectares, there are 208 families of vineyards mm -hmm. and more or less 50%, 95 wineries. 
Oh, 95 wineries. Yes. So there are growers, few growers, and then growers toward the production of wine and bottles. So, uh, Fabio, you're like kind of specialized Mr. Tulbiano in a way, right? <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about the great um, variety specific yeah. to Lugano, what it is mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. it's, if it's different from Trebbiano di Lugana, Trebbiano di Suave. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, with pleasure, because this needs to be done, let's say, in one way. Because uh, there's a little bit uh, of confusion, yes, I must say. Which, which, uh, which has an origin linked to the empilography. So the National Catalog is uh, dated back in the years when there was not as much of DNA research, mm -hmm. right? Now we have much more deeper way to investigate the variety and the genetics of the grape. And this allows us to discover some actual details that allow us to really go in the DNA of the plants. So back 20 years ago, there was the possibility to investigate the DNA of these plants in relation to many other Trebbiano belonging group, let's say, of, of plants. You know, Trebbiano as a family, as group of white grapes is the biggest of Italy. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, I didn't know and that. And not only in Italy. There are Trebbiano growing in Russia to Spain. Because as this... Uh, great no, as a family. Yes, Trebbiano. As family. As family yes. yes, okay. Yes. So, not Turbiano. Not Turbiano. Okay. Trebbiano. Okay. Turbiano has uh, its own DNA characters mm -hmm. that uh, identify, let's say, genetically speaking. Then, going to the vineyard, what we have to look is the expression of the DNA in the plants. So it has a great identity in terms of potential of production and grape and skin characters that uh, really are an unicum with this soil. So the plant has DNA factors, but then the response is in this area unique because of the soil. So this DNA plant on our clay soil create this unicum in terms of stability in the fresh version of the wine and in minerality, speaking about the long age and potential of this variety. Are you enjoying this podcast? There is so much more high quality wine content available from Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Check out our new wine study maps or books on Italian wine, including Italian Wine Unplugged and much, much more. Just visit our website, mamajumboshrimp.com. Now, back to the show. But it is similar to Trebbiano di Suave, right? The, the more similar in terms of uh, plant familiarity mm. are Verdicchio and Trebbiano di Suave. Okay. okay. And what is the difference between, in terms of taste, taste profiles? In terms of taste profiles... They're very here, similar in a way. They right? are similar, but here this, I would say there's more texture mm -hmm. as a global sensation. And uh, the green note is quite always well balanced with the fruity notes. As per the young version, for the fresh version, as for the long aging potential of the grain. So this has uh, this uh, versatility, which is uh, linked to the acidity, to the green side, but always well paired by the fruity notes in the wine. Okay, so for um, Lugana, is it 100% Tulbiana? Mm -hmm. Or I think you can actually add some other grapes, right? A small You're percentage? Right. You're right. Uh, since the origin, 1967, mm -hmm. the first appellation of Lombardy, Lugana was, and one of the first 10 of Italy, uh, the appellation rule says minimum 90%. 
of Trubiana, which means that there's a 10% window of other white grapes. Any white grape varieties? Non-aromatic. Non Okay, non-aromatic. To respect the style of the wine. But it can be both international and Correct. local grape varieties. It could varieties. be local or international. But to be honest, uh, nowadays, the majority of the producers are focusing 100% on Turbiana. Why, why is that? Because uh, we realize that 10% as blend is almost nothing plus, mm -hmm. let's say. So a better detailed vinification process giving the best expression to the potential of the grape in terms of vinification, fermentation, and maturation certainly shows a more realistic and authentic sign of the territory in the glass. So, That's the feeling. So today. most of the producers will um, tend to use 100% Rubiana. Correct. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, what else can you tell us about Lugana in terms of the characteristics? You said sapidity. Yeah and um, acidity, Yes, is that one of the characteristics? I'd say, of course, these are the two dominant for the fresh, for the young phase of the wine, right. that turn to minerality when you wait some years and right. you retaste the wine after four, five, six years and plus. So for, for anyone who hasn't tried uh, Lugana, what is it similar to? Like a difficult question. <laughs> no. What is it similar to in terms of the international wines? Is it similar to Chardonnay? It's certainly not similar to Sauvignon, but is it similar to Chablis? Is it similar I would, to... I think that I would go to the direction of Chablis, mm -hmm. or kind of Chardonnay, but with an, an extra hint of green, green okay. sensation, like maybe the peanut style, so right. a kind of blend in that direction. So a nice richness in the, in the body of the wine, but this uh, green hint in the beginning, in the... Uh, front phase of the tasting, let's say. That would be an idea. So, uh, Fabio, you as the mandate, um, how long does your mandate last as the president of the Three years. Three years. Yes. In these three years, what would you like to accomplish? Like, what are your goals? In the, in the perfect world, in the perfect what world. would you like to do? To be honest with you, it's really an idea mm -hmm. because we are just getting, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's, it's, uh, we are very, very let's say, last-minute election, because we're a few days before being Italy. Right, right. My idea is uh, trying to get a more international profile on the wine. We are, as Appalachian now, already two-thirds foreign market versus one-third domestic. Oh, really? But this international uh, dimension is now mostly Europe. Right. In Europe. So, this so less, wine, less in America. Baba, the project, the idea would be to go farther and to get the right attention in the real international big markets as Appalachian. We are pretty convinced that the wine has great potential in the taste for, let's say, well-educated consumers, of course, and we are always targeted to a very small niche of the market and of the consumer who loves the wine, the territory, knows the area. So, of course, we need to get this kind of... Uh, let's say, fans for the territory and for the wine. But uh, this, of course, has to pass through a way of promotion mm -hmm. of great uh, ambassadors, of great lovers and fans of Lugana that let people experience the wine. So talking about ambassadors, of course, uh, the Consortium of Lugana is a supporter for Veneto International Academy, and we are looking forward to bringing the ambassadors back to the territory um, in November. 
Just to close off, Fabio, if you were to describe Lugana in three words, what would it, that be? Three adjectives. <laughs> three adjectives. Yes. Uh, the first one would be young and immediate mm -hmm. and uh, rich. And uh, the last but not least, it's a versatile wine. Versatility. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. versatility. Okay, great. All right, cheers. And looking forward to seeing you soon. Salute. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th, 2022 in Verona, Italy. Remember, the first early bird discount on tickets will be available until August 22nd. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.